Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Kate Burness and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. How did you get your interest in sports? I've loved sports for my entire life, for as long as I can remember. I loved being competitive as a kid. And yeah, just growing up, I I fell in love with basketball so much. I loved playing it. I loved watching it. Um, when the Raptors came in 95, I totally fell in love with the fact that the city had a franchise finally. So it's just been a, it's just been a lifelong passion of mine, and I'm just I think I'm incredibly fortunate that I've been able to transfer that now into my career. You were I, I guess ten or eleven when the Raptors first were, or when you first seen the Raptors in '95. Yeah, I was uh, I was born in '84, so I was eleven years old. Okay, okay. You were born and raised in Port Perry, Ontario. Now I'm a Newfoundlander, so I know these small towns, small communities, but Port Perry never heard of it. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I love everyone from Newfoundland. Let's put that one out there. <laughs> so Port Perry is about an hour and a half northeast of Toronto. It was a town of 2,000 when I was growing up. It's now a town of 10,000 because everything's really blown up around the GTA. But it was it was a wonderful town. It was a community-oriented town. Everyone knew everyone. My parents were teachers in the town. But in my opinion, one of the best parts of growing up in a small town is it, it affords you to build confidence and whether I was doing you know, something with school or something in sports you know they really allowed you to flourish because there weren't that many people in the town so then when you did get into bigger situations you already had kind of that grounding to you so I'm so thankful that I, that I grew up there and that I had the people that were there surrounding me so I'm, I'm very thankful that my parents chose that town. And why did you choose the University of Ontario uh, Institute of Technology for your um, education? Well, essentially, I actually went to Western for my very first year, and I was in the double cohort year in Ontario, so the 13s and 12s graduated together. They had selected double the number of applicants for kinesiology at Western, and I very simply did not pass, so I didn't make the grade, so they only accepted half the students that were enrolled into kin the first year into second year, so they kicked half of us out. So they offered me, I think, general arts and science, and I wasn't loving it. I didn't. I got cut from the basketball team there. I, I just, I didn't enjoy my time. So I decided to go back home, and that's when I decided as well that I wanted to really try sports broadcasting. So I ended up going to local TV in the Durham region, which was in Oshawa, and then UIT just happened to be there. So it was just kind of a natural fit, to be quite honest, that. I could finish off my undergraduate while, you know, really putting my time into local TV. I, I like people's stories of how they got into broadcasting. We had like Natasha on, um, another one of your coworkers uh, on in season one. And it's just interesting her story of she kind of got into the sports late in her career and her first instant of going to school. I, I think she said she was like answering phones 
And then she just decided, okay, I'm going to become a sports broadcaster. And like, she's doing well, the same with you. So I think those stories are really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be such a clear cut path, I think, all the time. And no matter when you figure it out, you just, you want to do something you love every single day. So I just, as I said, I'm just so fortunate to do it. And as soon as I did realize, oh my God, I think I can try and maybe be successful, is when I really put my head down and grind. Like we, I remember working at Rogers TV for two years, completely unpaid. And that set me up for life. So I think it's kind of making those tough decisions. You just mentioned that you were working with Rogers and you were getting unpaid. Was it ever a frustrating part to you thinking that this is something that you should be getting paid for? Or is it just kind of like grinding your teeth to that knowing that one day you will be going up the ladder? I never thought of the money and because I loved it that much. I really, truly believed in myself that if I keep going this way, someone will give me a shot at some point. The thing is, too, I would have I would have kept doing it. I liked it that much. Now, I was also very fortunate to have my parents who allowed me to live in their basement. So, I mean, it's critical to have a support system when you're attempting something like that. But I don't know. I always felt like that I, I, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. And I knew that maybe if it wasn't broadcasting, I, I was actually even hoping, okay, maybe I'll get paid at local TV. I didn't even care if I was paid at, like, local TV. And then the opportunity opened up in Barrie, which was great. And then I got an audition with TSN. So it was just kind of one thing fell into place after another. But I was so passionate about just doing sports that I would have been completely fine with broadcasting at Rogers TV paid. You mentioned about Barrie as well, being the sports anchor there. I want to talk about when you got your call for TSN. Do you remember that call? Absolutely. I'll never forget that call. It was uh, my boss today, Mark Melier. He phoned me. Actually, he wrote me an email first, and I, I guess they had seen something of mine in Barry that I had to pass along to TSN. And then someone, I guess, had seen it, and they told Mark, and then they started watching Barry, I guess. And I got an email from him one day, and it said, just like, he was like, chat or something like that. <laughs> like, would you be willing to get on a phone call with me? And I was like, sure. I had no idea what it was about. And then he phoned me, and I was coming back from doing rugby. I remember that. And then he said, uh, we have a one of our anchors on maternity leave, Holly Horton. He's like, and would you have any interest in coming down for an audition? And I was like, oh my God, like I'd been at Barry three months at this point. And I was like, sure, that sounds awesome. So I went down to TSN. I had the interview. I thought it was the worst interview to this day. I think it's the worst interview I've ever done in my life. So I didn't think I got the job. And then the following day, I had to come back for the audition and they put you on like a little mini sports center. It's like a 15 minute SC. And because I thought I didn't get the job, I was like, well, I'm going to have so much fun with this. And I did. I, I really, I, I was just like, this is once in a lifetime opportunity because I know I didn't get the job. So I'm just going to kill it. And I did. And that ended up getting me the job. Do you think that you would have, if they told you, hey, you have a ch- chance at this before you did your sports center audition, do you think you would have done it differently if that was the case? I don't know. I think in the moment too, I, I just... You know, everything kind of came came together in the moment. I'd been watching SC for so long, so I knew the little innuendos about it. You know, they brought up Rod Smith. I just think, I don't know. I think either way, I really, I would have had a good time with it. Maybe a little bit more pressure, but I think I handled pressure really well too. So I don't know. I think I think it was one of those things that that was truly meant to be. I'm going to go back to your quote of everything kind of happens for a reason. I think the the whole idea of you thinking you didn't get it probably was a little bit better on you. You went in and said, you know what, I'll just do it, do it the best that I can. And then they said, all right, let's, let's take her on, let's hire her. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think what happened too is I think just my personality came out. 
you know, I, I just, I was in my element. I was, I, I was so joyful because it was the same feeling I'd have when I step onto a basketball court. So I think them seeing that just, it really helped me. The, the one thing that I really enjoy was when you had Sports Center with you and Natasha. I don't know if you knew this. I mentioned this to Natasha, but you're the first ever female anchor team in sports for that. Yeah, which is really cool. And that, that was brought to our attention a couple of years ago. And I, I don't know. I ne- we never really thought about like because it was just so natural because we actually have more female anchors now than male anchors. So I was like at the time, I was like, wow, like I had no idea. And now I think it's. I think it's remarkable because I don't think we don't even think about that. Like you don't even watch two female anchors anymore and think it's, it's out of place. And, and I'm proud of that because we deserve to be there. We deserve to be there because we've worked our asses off and we know what we're talking about. The other thing I want to mention too, is the Olympics. What was that like going over to do the Olympics? That was the greatest experience in my broadcast career by far so far. It's very indescribable in my opinion, because I, I've done it from Toronto before. I did the London games from Toronto. It's a totally different feel when you're actually there. And it's amateur sport, and I think that that's the big part with me. You see raw emotion on a different level. And this is why I love the NCAA tournament as well, because they're not pros. And not that I don't love pro sports. I'm, a, I'm, I'm in awe of pro sports. But at, at this level, I mean, just they put four years into this. There's personalities, there's stories, there's resilience, there's, there's so many things, there's families there. And it's a lot smaller, too, when, when you get there in terms of, like, venue size. So the first venue we had was the Kwandan Hockey Center, and it was 5,000. Or sorry, was it 8,000? 8, and it was, it's so intimate. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching world-class hockey in front of a very small amount of people. So I just think that, you know, you get emotionally attached to the teams. I'm incredibly patriotic. So, you know, anytime Canada played and I got to be there live, it was just it's a, it was a dream come true. And I think that I fed off that energy that was across the games. And I just, I, w- I wasn't nervous at all. I was just excited every day to go on air. And that and that's it, right? When you have the passion for it, it, it just comes through. It's not even like if someone said, "Hey, this game's at five o'clock a.m." You're like, "All right, let's do it." Perfect. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you know when when we had James Duffy on, I, I kept on saying, "Oh, it's like I I've emailed Kate Burness. It's like she's she's not getting back to me." And then uh, I had I think it was like one of your team members was saying that you were busy, and then uh, James Duffy's like, "Yeah, man, she has a team of people." And I was thinking like, "Wow, it's like she has a full team of people." But then at the same time. You guys made the joke of how many James Duffies could you bench? <laughs> what did I say? Four? I think I could bench four James. Yeah, Duffies. you went. I think you said four, and then you brought yeah. it down to like three, and then you're like, okay, let's be modest too. But then you're like, no, I could definitely do four. And then no, I definitely. No, I'm really thinking like right now. I'm gonna say oof, pretty lean right now, but not as strong as I used to be. I'm gonna say three at this moment. I can bench press three James Duffies. Why? Why? Why all the picking on James Duffy? Is he just, oh, there's no, nothing. No. That's Cabby's. That's Cabby's question, not me. I didn't. No. I have nothing to do with this. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just uh, answering the question that Cabby puts forth. And I, I would have liked to see if you had to ask him back how many could he bench press. Oh, he could maybe one, maybe. <laughs> I like the the highlight of the day or the highlight of the week package that you guys do, but I I, I always laugh at it because it's like it looks like when you're um doing the workouts, it looks like you're doing most of the work and Cabby's just running around a circle. I mean, it, it, that last one that I did, I had to do like the ropes, the ladders, 
and I gave him leg press. It was just yeah. the most unfair <laughs> shoot in the entire world. And I told him all that. I blamed everyone for that one. So. Yeah. Like, okay, me, me and you were in a race. I think you would beat me like dead on but i just look at that video and like you were doing the ropes you were doing the thing with the the sketches going across with your feet and then when i look at the end he's the one like bowing down on his kind of uh hands nice knees going like check out our website blah, blah blah i'm like what did you do i'm like she was just doing all the work <laughs> uh he's wicked though i we, we enjoy we enjoy our little competitive shoots like that so they, they've done a nice job with those ones i i feel like you and probably uh, Darren Tatishan go to the gym a lot to uh, to see who can beat who in like arm wrestling and stuff. Oh no! Like I don't, I don't, I can't. I'm not like Dutchie's on a completely <laughs> different workout plan. I can't. You think like I can bench press three James Dutchies? He can probably bench press ten. So no, that's a little. That's a little too extreme for me. I want to tie this in too because I think uh, I w- I won't know or I, how do I put this because I don't want to like undersell him. But uh, Brian Mudrick apparently has ties with both. Natasha and you and I think that he's very underrated on the program now I could be wrong people might say like how dare you call him underrated but you during I I guess your first year you worked with Brian Mudrick uh yes I worked with Brian on the weekends during I think it's actually during my first few years I did was he uh now I I, he's probably been there a few years before you but was he very helpful in uh oh he was uh, uh Muddy's incredible and he doesn't do a lot of sports center. He is like mainly on international hockey, but his bread and butter is actually curling. And I think he is absolutely sensational on curling. That's what he wants to do. It is now what he is doing. And I think it's just such a natural fit to be quite honest. So it's unfortunate because with the new gig, I barely get to see him, but at the same time, I'm proud that he's in that role that I think he was meant to be in. So, so yeah, we worked together for a bit, and then Natasha and Brian worked together. And then Natasha came over to the morning show with myself. Jay and Dan left. Dutch and I were put together for a year. And then Dutch, he moved back to the primetime show, and Natasha came in with me. When Jay and Dan left, I was thinking, oh, that's a big blow. But at the same time, when you look at your talent roster, I'm like, there's still enough there that people are going to tune in. And then when Jay and Dan came back, I said like, all right, they've got their own sports center. That That's only helping TSN more, but it was never really like, I don't want to say it was not like it was a loss, but it was not like something that it couldn't be fixed in a way. Well, I think the great part is too, is we, we've just done a really, really nice job of there, there's room for everyone is like what we like to always say. And like when Jay and Danny left, like even I thought like, I'm like, like, this sucks. Like, yeah, like, I get moved into the one I am, which is great. But at the same time, we're losing, like, two incredible guys. Yeah. And then when they came back, it was just, it was a seamless transition back. And then the great part was, too, is now in the mornings, we have Jay and Dan and Sports Center. So it's kind of like having the best of both worlds now, which is, TSN's just done a really good job with that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It's like, I, I watch Jay and Dan, and then, like, there are times that I'll turn over SportsCenter, and if, like, you're on that, too, I'm just kind of like, oh, it's like, what what, what am I doing? Like, do, do I double screen it? Do I, do I take... <laughs> no, it's good. You can watch... We always encourage, you can watch one hour of Jay and Dan, and then one hour of SportsCenter. It's easy. Two hours of your morning <laughs> planned every day. Yeah, and I, and I like that on both ones, it's a, a different commentary. Like, if you're watching a, a Jay's highlight or a Leafs game, whatever, it's not the same kind of uh, script for each one like jay and exactly. dan might make a comment of anderson save where on yours you could say something like uh anderson save might not be the highlight but then the next one you could make it a uh, big of matthews getting a goal so i'm like okay 
at least I'm not getting the same script for two straight hours. Exactly. And that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish. In, in doing the stuff with TSN, what are some of your highlights from your career at TSN? Oh, 100%. Like Olympics is number one by far. And then after that, there's been, uh, there are so many. My favorite thing used to be the craft celebration tour when we took our show across Canada and it was so much fun broadcasting these little small towns in Port Perry. And it was like going back to Port Perry every single time. So that was that was one of my absolute favorites. Beyond that, too, I I love doing March Madness. Um, again, the you know, with college level sports, you know, a lot of these kids their last hurrah. So I love the raw emotion of sport. So I think that that's something that I've I've always enjoyed covering. And I'd say finally, too, I, um, you know, being a Canadian and growing up, like my dad's a diehard CFL fan. I'm very honored to be on that Grey Cup um, show as well. And I think that every single year I look forward to November and when that comes around. So TSN has given me the opportunity to do a lot of things that I honestly never thought I'd do in my entire life. So it's been and I'm sure the great the cool part is, too, I'm sure there's there's more to come. So I think that's the neatest part. Have you ever been to Newfoundland or kissed the cod? I have been to The Rock. And no, I haven't kissed the cod, but I would do it in a heartbeat. Like, trust me, it would be no problem. But Newfoundland, like, I love the East Coast more than you would ever know. Like, it's, I get to go to Halifax twice this summer for events. And I think I'm looking, like, I think that's like, out of all the trips I have going on right now, I think, like, Halifax was, like, number one. Yeah, I'm actually, like, you know what? I'm kind of mad because I'm going to say that you went to Newfoundland and you didn't get screeched in. I feel like, Newfoundland should be a little bit mad. I feel like this is going to happen one day. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I I hope it does because I no mean... one knew I was there. That I went very incognito. I was in and out. Okay, well that that's yeah. different. That's different. Exactly. It, it wasn't like a pomp and circumstance <laughs> type of event. Trust me. Okay. When we were talking about the the you and Natasha being the first ever female anchor team, what do you think that says to females? Because I know that there's you know, females that are in sports and they see all the males kind of doing the anchoring job. And then when they finally see you two break through and be the first, do you get young um, females coming up to you that are probably graduates and like uh, looking at you for something kind of an inspiration? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, I think the generation before me really put it into place. So the Michelle Tafoyas, the Susie Culvers, the Rachel Nichols, Doris Burks, even Jennifer Hedger was into TSN years before me. And I think those women really paved the way. And I don't, as I said to you earlier, I don't think people even bat an eye when they see obviously a woman not doing sports anymore, which is really cool. But yeah, I think the great part of TSN too, the reason we're all there is because we know what we're talking about. Like you're going to get so caught on national TV if you don't know your stuff inside out. So I love the fact that I think myself, Natasha, all the other female co-anchors and co-workers it's all the exact same. So if anything, I do. I love when, when young journalists, young female journalists are like, you know, I look up to you and Natasha. That's awesome. And I just want them to continue, you know, to work, work hard. And, and if they're going to get there, know your stuff because you're setting a precedence for everyone. So it's a neat thing knowing that maybe they look at me the same way that I look at those other women, the aforementioned women. And the last thing to sum it all up is if you had any advice to give to just anchor sports anchors in general, female or male, what would it be? I mean, it's tough now. The industry has shrunk so much so fast. And I would say, first of all, 
work harder than everyone else because everyone else wants the job. And I would say get creative is a big thing too. And online platforms have become humongous compared to like the television side of things. But it's sad. The industry saddens me at the moment because, you know, I talk to you right now about Rogers local TV and about Barry. Both those jobs since I've been at TSN have become, have been eliminated. So my stance has always been how do the, how do kids, how do young broadcasters get experience? So now it's reliant on, on them and, and what you're going to do and what you're going to do differently to then submit it to a network like TSN and say, this is what I came up with on my own. So I'd say work incredibly hard and get as creative as possible. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Kate Burness for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, don't mess with Kate. She's a lean, mean workout machine and a heck of a broadcaster. Thanks for listening, and good night. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.